right, all right, all right. Yo, 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 what it do, what it do. It's your boy, Yellow the Poet here, and I am here today with Miss Roxanne Shapoot. I got it right this time. <laughs> <laughs> she is definitely one of our globally recognized luminaries. She's an inspirer, celestial guide, generational earth shaman, and many other hats that she actually wears. And it is a blessing to have you here today, Ms. Roxanne. Welcome to YTP Entertainment. I am so honored and grateful to be here, Yellow, and just have this incredible conversation with you. So thank you so much for having me today. Awesome, awesome. You're very welcome. So to get us started, I am very, very curious as to what many hats you wear. So please enlighten us with everything that you do. <laughs> Absolutely. So really being a conscious luminary is bringing that, really that wave of consciousness that we're kind of seeing come over the earth, which we are referring to as the great awakening. So in the luminary and what I do and, you know, being a celestial guide is mentoring those to really step into their gifts, their abilities and their magic and alchemizing all of their experiences through a life with their internal medicines, with their magic that they have within them and really just setting them on a path for success so that they can really step in to this embodiment that they are seeking. And what comes with that and, you know, being a celestial healer and generational earth shaman is that when we are working with a beautiful being, we have to understand that we are multi-dimensional. We have our soul essence. We have, you know, our energetic essence. We have our intellectual essence. We have our emotional essence and we have our physical essence. So the importance of this work is really to be able to go to all of these beautiful intricate layers and be able to affect change and to be able to heal them at the cellular level, what I like to call it, and really going to the root of the issue and not just the symptom of the issue. So that is the work that I'm really, you know, passionate about is just helping those to really awaken to the incredibleness that they have within them to heal at the cellular level and just to love themselves enlightenedly and to love others enlightenedly as well. So awesome. That is so awesome. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love <laughs> definitely. So when you speak on internal medicines, please enlighten our people because I know quite a bit about this. So I just want to make sure that our audience knows what's going on. <laughs> Absolutely. So all of us have our own sacred internal medicine. And what this looks like is that there is something, there's a resonance within us. There is a beauty within us that is able to heal a facet of the earth, to be able to heal a facet of the world. And all of that alchemy is different for every single human being that here that is here on this planetary system. And the beautiful thing is, is that we were all gifted something unique so that we can literally join it together as like a, you know, a co-collaboration so that we can really help each other in community and to be able to serve at a greater level of impacting the world with what we have to offer within us. And sometimes that can be that we really are incredible with agriculture, with the animal kingdom, or that we're really just good at serving other human beings. So that internal medicine is different for everyone. Some people do it in the way of their artistry, their artistry heals others. The way that they conduct music, the way that they produce music heals others. So everybody's medicine is different. It's about being able to extract what that is, to go to that knowingness of what it is so that we can actually utilize it in the essence that it's intended to, because that is our sacred purpose. That was the gift that we were given in order to have this earthly experience in this human body. That is amazing. I like the way you put that, definitely. <laughs> because I never... I, I can't say I never, but I never put it in those terms as far as how I look at what I do as far as my poetry, um, relationship building, things of that nature. I never looked at it as an internal medicine. And that is, that's a beautiful way to put that, definitely. It so, is. And we, yeah, it is. And we just, we all have this beautiful 
I want to call it like a seed that is just waiting to be developed and waiting to be nurtured and grow and, you know, just fostered within us. So it's just really important that we dive into that and find that in our curiosity and what our passion is, you know, like writing poetry, those words resonate with people. That story resonates with someone. Those words leaves imprints, right? Every word, everything that is written, said, unsaid holds an energetic disposition. So it's powerful. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I love that. Definitely love that. So um, I noticed that sometimes when you're talking, you kind of close your eyes. Does that mean that you're like receiving energies or readings? Yeah. Or <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I close my eyes, it's just like, I'm just really listening to spirit, my spirit and just seeing where I'm being guided. And sometimes it's a little bit more of channeled information that comes through. <laughs> I kind of sense that. So that's what, <laughs> yeah, it's curious. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. So do you, majority of the time, like when you're doing a podcast and you receive readings about the people that you're, that's actually interviewing you or that you're actually interviewing? Always. Yeah, always. I always, I'm very respectful of the energetic boundaries. I don't, I don't approach without permission, but yeah, it's like, that's part of my internal medicine is just being able to understand someone's gifts and being able to see what their sacred purpose is, their soul design is, and what they're intended to do for this life. And also by looking at someone, I have a very good understanding of what their soul's history is and what they've even embarked on in this lifetime and previous lifetimes, just by being in connection and just being able to receive the frequency of the vibration of the energy that a person's emitting, even virtually. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, I'm open. Um, <laughs> free to share. I don't mind. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I never ever like. I'll never um, go into someone else's energetic field without permission. So. Yeah. You have my permission. Feel free. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I wonder what other um, internal things are going on because I notice that sometimes when I'm meditating, I kind of reach levels that I haven't actually learned to understand yet, and it's. It's fine. It's fine because I feel like the answers will come eventually. Just but the funny, <laughs> yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is about when we go into more of that meditative process, like for me, my meditative process is when I go into journey as a shaman, we love to journey. We like to travel the realms. And then we, that's kind of like where I find like my knowledge and where I have that knowledge of change like really happened for me, but I know that even the information that you are been given, you already know it, right? It, there's already a knowingness that is happening in the resonance of your soul memory that is occurring within your being. And that transmission that's happening, it seems puzzling in this moment because there's so much, you know, memory loss that happens when we integrate back into our being. So it's just like, it's a really powerful thing. So it's something that you already do know. It's like collecting these little pieces of the puzzle to make the puzzle, but the puzzle was already created and designed and you and exactly. you created and designed it. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Anything that you want to share with me, feel free. I'm ready. I want to say that. Okay. Are you, are you free? Are you open? Yes. Okay. So what I'm getting right now and, and what spirit is telling me is to believe in yourself, believe in what the work that you're doing. There's a lot of self-doubt that is happening still in the ego that you allow yourself to go into, but you have to be able to go into your full body knowingness of knowing that what you're doing and what you're emitting, what you're putting out is exactly what you're intended to do. And they're showing me art. They're showing me a lot of art. They're showing me writing. They're showing me painting. I don't know if you paint, but they're showing me just like canvas and it's like a blank canvas and you're just like splattering everywhere. Mm -hmm. And they said that this will help facilitate you kind of coming more into your bigger picture of your design. When you paint, you're going to have the knowingness. When you write, you'll come back to a knowingness and that is going to activate you and trigger you even further throughout your journey, your relationships to your 
for the divine female is very healthy, very strong. And the relationships to the divine male are a little bit weakened. So that usually means that there's work that needs to be done there. And that could really come into the sense of the ego where there may be some wounding, where you may be shy to show or demonstrate all of your work mm-hmm. in, in, in the light and the dark of who you are in both, yeah. in both aspects of your shadow. <laughs> and that is so true because it's not so much of the shyness, it's more uh, resistance due to past experiences as well as um, wondering if people are going to be accepting of the information that I give to them. So yeah, that's definitely. Um, and what I'm being told is that the acceptance of others is not what matters in this moment. The judgments of others is not what matters in this moment. What matters in this moment is how you feel when you're outputting and to not go into the ego and worry about other people's perceptions or perspectives, but go into, again, that knowingness. If you feel drawn to do it, if you feel, if you're seeing the visions, you're feeling the creations, you need to be able to have that outlet and not go into the shadow self of past words, past expressions, past actions that others have placed upon you. And you have to be able to move from that, move from the ego and go into the knowingness. And your ego is beautiful. It does really beautiful things. It keeps us safe. It keeps us in, you know, in this planetary system to survive, but it also can act as a detriment as we're going through our journey, because it's always trying to protect us, trying to protect our confidence or self-esteem. It's always in an element to protect us. So when we're in our creative senses and we're going into the right side of our brain, we're then being connected to our intuitiveness. We're being connected to our instinctualness. And when you go into that full body knowingness and you're creating art from this place of not caring what other people will think, or even if it's something that you think you won't be accepted, you are the creator of your life. You are the visionary of your life. You've been given that vision in order for you to create it. Nobody else has been given that vision. And that's what you need to be reminded of. Definitely, definitely, I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> That's like a, that um, epiphany or the light that goes off in the, in your head, like, okay, finally I received the message that I needed to receive in order to move forward. <laughs> and, and, and everything that has happened on your path, those missaid words or whatever they were, the actions of you feeling like you had to hide a little bit of aspects of yourself. You have to remember that these weren't here to harm you. These were here to teach you. So extract the wisdom from them, extract the experience and the expertise that you've understood and that you've acknowledged from, from that challenge that has occurred. Does that make sense to you? It does. It makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> so pushing and persevering, not retracting and hiding. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. It makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I even I even thought about just leaving my job and just full fledged pursuing what I want to do as far as my podcast, as far as my artistry as a poet, um, relationship building. But the uncertainty of knowing if I'm going to be able to continue to provide for my family is that's the whole back. That's the definite whole back. <laughs> so, what I'm going to say is that even though we go into our knowingness, there's still a part of us that we don't make illogical decisions. We are making decisions that are serving us and that are serving our family dynamic, right? So, knowing that this is a monetary world, we know that we need to have finances in order to have a roof over our head and to put food on the table for our children and put clothing on their back. But there's also a place that when you get to a place where you're able to still conduct your passion and still be able to provide for your family, there's a beautiful, beautiful flow exchange that happens when it tells you that it's time and you're ready to do it. And we're all like so pressed to get there because nobody wants to work the nine to five in a job that is unfulfilling, right? Everybody wants to be in their full passion and it will come, right? It will come. And it's about coming into that knowingness about surrendering to that surrendering, right? That's a huge thing. And that's a very challenging thing for a lot of people to do is to just surrender in your knowingness and know that the universe, the creator always has your back 
right? Yes. You you probably witnessed throughout your life, like, oh, you're worried or stressed about something. And all of a sudden, unexpected money just came out of nowhere that you weren't expecting. And all of a sudden, you're able to, right? So it's about, it's about coming into that knowingness. The more that you come into that knowingness, the more that you release the expectation to outcome, right? Mm -hmm. And you're, and you're doing your passion, you're going to know when it's that integrative point in order to shift right into, into that full aspect of what your intent into your artistry, right? Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't be given a gift if you weren't able to actually provide that gift. So choice. you will be provided for, but you also have to make sure that you're not going, because if you're going into a place where, you know, you want to go into your creative senses, but then you're worrying about this, 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 and this, and this, and that, mm -hmm. what ends up happening is you're going to create resistance. You're not going to go into that knowingness. So if you can, you know, harmonize the two until you're able to actually just shift into one, mm -hmm. then that's just a lot of us, that's what we have to do, right? Because we were conditioned to think that we went to school, we had to work this nine to five that was unfulfilling. And then we're realizing, holy shit, like I have to do this for the rest of my life here. And this isn't actually staying true to what I desire for what I wish for my life. But by continuously doing those small actions, putting out your poetry, putting out your artistry, doing those things, you know, being that expert in like relationship building and whatever that is for you, that is what sets, it's like you're, you're creating the border of your puzzle piece, right? Mm -hmm. And you're creating this border and then everything that you're learning in this, in this job that you have, like what we like to call them, like a job, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be valuable in everything that you're, there's a reason why you needed to do that before you went fully into this. Maybe it's understanding business. Maybe it's understanding something completely different, how to manage people, how to talk to people. It taught you something to shift into what you're going to be, you know, shifting to. That is so interesting because at my current job, most of the people rely on me as far as giving them guidance and information instead of relying on the general manager, they rely on me. They rely on me when they're venting, when they need to understand what's going on with them personally, they rely on me. So that is so on point, like like no other. That is so on point. Then in my past, when I was with my ex-wife, she her grandmother, she always said, don't worry about it. Something will come up. And that's the way that she put it. Don't worry about it. Something will come up. And it's so crazy because just as she said that, whenever there was a situation, something came up. And it was, it put us in a better place than what we were. Yeah. And you know what? It's so true because it's so true. And I've, I've witnessed this in my own journey. I've witnessed this with my, like, I hate calling them clients because they're my soul. Like they're my soul tribe. They're my soul friends. They're like, I love them. They're not clients to me, but I see these transitions happen when we go into this full knowingness where we're not creating resistance within the change dynamic that is happening in our life. It's very easy to go into the ego and go into this fear state and go into scarcity, lack, and, you know, we're worried and we're going into this constant state of worry, but it doesn't serve us. And a lot of the time that psychological fear never actually translates into anything, into any type of reality that we are actually in, in that moment. Like we can have a million outcomes that can happen in, in our, in our intellectual body and none of them are actually going to happen. So it's like the amount of time and energy that we've spent creating all these thought forms with energy behind it and putting it and emitting that into the universe instead of emitting exactly what we do want and what we're choosing for our life. Yes. It just changes the dynamic so much. And I love the song and I've listened to it since I was a little girl. And it's like, don't worry, be happy. And there's a reason why that song has so much resonance and why it, it just speaks the truth. The more that you worry, the more problems you get, right? The more stresses you have. But if you look at life, yeah. And if you don't, if you look at life and you're looking at life, if you're like, I don't have problems, I don't have problems in my life. I have choices that I need to make in my life, but I don't have problems. Right. Exactly. So when we go into that full surrender, knowingness and your ex's, you know, grandmother was onto something because it's just about trusting 
we can go into this, this state of fear and it doesn't serve us in any capacity. It's just pushing the very thing that we want further away as we're doing it because we're just creating resistance. So it takes that much longer for it to actually get to us as opposed to just being open and allowing us to receive it and be in a state of reciprocity. That is so true. <laughs> oh, MG, that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely going to continue my journey of poetry, podcasting, um, helping people build relationships. A lot of times when I say build relationships, people often think of couples, but it's not about couples because there are far more relationships than just relationships as a as a couple. You know, father, daughter, father, son, mother, son, mother, daughter, father, mother, grandparents, whoever it may be, sometimes there's a barrier between the two people. And when you break that barrier, now you solidify a communication that would allow you to build a relationship stronger than you've ever thought to build it before. Absolutely. And you need to lean into that, right? That's a beautiful thing. And with that relationship building comes a lot of forgiveness, right? We have to be able to forgive others for what we feel that they've done to us. And we have to be able to forgive ourselves to be able to surrender and to release ourselves to actually see that person in the divination that they are. They also came here to this planetary system and had soul contracts to fulfill and that they needed to learn some karmic lessons that they had for their past so that they can have that for their soul's evolution and growth, right? So when we understand that is that we understand that we are all made of love and light. We are all equal. We are all perfect. And nobody would want to be judged for one mistake that they've done for their life, for not having the tools and for not having the teachings to make a different choice, to have a different outcome. And that's what it comes down to. And it doesn't make, you know, hurting one another acceptable or anything of that nature, but it allows us to see something in a different light and a different perspective that we don't need to hold on to something that isn't serving us. That's the only true. thing that it's doing it's poisoning us, right? That's like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die from it. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> almost the definition of insanity, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doing the same thing over and over and over again, looking for a different outcome. <laughs> that is pretty cool. I love it. I love it. That is pretty cool. That is awesome because a lot of the things that you're telling me now, <laughs> excuse me, or some of the things that I actually talked to some of the other people about tapping into different energies, tapping into your knowing, your all knowing, your understanding, and not allowing anybody to interfere with that. So it's, exactly. it's amazing that I'm being told the same thing that I tell other people. <laughs> exactly. And, and the most beautiful thing is that we are all made of energy. We are all a soul. We are all interconnected as a greater soul. <laughs> like what was like the oversoul of like what we like to call it, but we are all literally connected and it doesn't matter what religious beliefs you have, but this is about connection to your own spirituality, your own knowingness. And we are made of soul essence. It's scientific. And you know, it's in, you know, the religious scriptures that we are made of energy and energy never dies. So that means right. That our energy has lived potentiality there is that it's lived millions to billions of years <laughs> yeah. five trillions <laughs> it you just know? depends on how long that that energy That's... that source of energy where you were created from how long it's been out here it's been a long time yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so beautiful i love this i love it i love it that is so beautiful so as a shaman how approximately how many realms do you actually tap into oh lots <laughs> <laughs> um there's three realms that we really we navigate into but then there's dimensions and densities and then there's planetary systems that i i'm very galactic so i like to go into the stars and the other planetary systems that's where my soul energy likes to go and for those that are listening when we do these journeys it's like we're astral projecting um into these 
into these different realms and different worlds. Um, the lower world where we usually go to, which is not scary, it's not demonic, it's the animal kingdom. So that is where like the animals reside and like our spirit animals and all things of those beautiful natures. And then in our middle world, it looks just like this world, but it's not this world. So it's, it's where 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 we say that the lost souls go to. So if they don't pass the veil, if they don't go to the afterlife, they get stuck into the middle world. And as a shaman, we go and we cycle pump them through, through to the veil. And then we bring them to the afterlife to make sure that they go into their reincarnation process. And then the upper world is very galactic and throughout all the planetary systems with the winged ones. Um, it can range from like this earthly planet all the way until like, different metaverses, multiverses, and then just the omniverse as a whole. So it just depends on the shaman. Some really like prefer going to the lower, to the animal kingdoms. A lot of them prefer going upper and some of them like being in the middle world. So it just depends where, where we need to go and what ceremony or journey that we're doing. So, yeah. That is super awesome. <laughs> yeah. So when you speak on this, um, <laughs> excuse me, metaverses and different universes. Are those sometimes some of the places where the people go when they experience in the... When they experience, sorry, cut off, yellow. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Cough, cough that out. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> that, are those some of the places where the people go when they experience in the, you know, the near-death experiences? Uh, the NDE is like the middle world. They would go into the into the middle world because if once they pass the afterlife, it's very unlikely that they would ever come back at that point. Mm -hmm. So for us, there's like there's like there's transitional periods of the veil. There's like the part of the veil where you go and you it's like a, um like the memories of this current lifetime. It's like all the soul contracts, everything gets kind of like it's like a, a white sleeve, <laughs> like slate. You know what I mean? Like it just gets wiped clean. And then there's the part where the veil, where it actually opens up and then it's the afterlife where you're seeing like, but you can see the bright light going before you even enter any of the, uh, like the positions of the veil. But usually when you see the light, you're literally at the veil and you can see the bright light from the veil. So depending on where they are and where, what kind, like what kind of near death experience that they had. So if they fully died and then came back or were close to death, usually close to death, they don't, they won't, they won't go into, into the middle world. It just depends on the experience that they're having, but if they've actually passed away and then they've been revived, there's a good chance that they almost made it all the way to the afterlife, but then we're, and then we're called back to their body. Okay, because for me, what I experienced, um, I can never forget this. It's crazy. April the 1st, 2001, I was rear-ended in Georgia, um, getting onto the highway to go to work because I was working at the airport. And I noticed that I blacked out after being rear-ended. And during the process of being blacked out, I didn't see anything except for darkness and um, hearing this voice, and then I was able to see a light. <clears throat> so um, the voice kept saying, turn right, turn turn to the right, turn to the right, turn to the right. So I realized my body was actually doing what the voice was telling me to do. And it's so crazy because I remember this as if it just happened a few seconds ago. And I'm wow. just turning, turning to the right, turning to the right. And when I turned to the right, I got out of the way of being struck again by an 18 wheeler this time. Wow. Yeah. And the light said pretty much like, phew. And after that, I didn't hear anything else. I actually was able to see everything outside after that. So that, that could have been, yeah. So sometimes what can also happen? Oh, this is like, it made me goosebumps and I get so juicy when we get into these conversations. But sometimes what can happen is that if you were still cognizant within your body and you didn't actually leave your body, that could have been your highest self or your spirit guide or an angel, like a, a guy just telling you, like almost giving you like 
that guidance from, from that point of view. But if you felt like you left your body, there's also what we call is when we get into traumatic experiences, sometimes we can have soul loss and sometimes we can have soul exchanges happen. So sometimes we can have like a soul walk-in that happens, which doesn't sound what has happened in that moment, but soul loss, what would happen is that a part of your soul, it like almost goes into that state of like, even though your physical being is, is okay, it goes into almost like this this systematic shock where it it tries to leave the body, but then it comes back and gets grounded into the body. But if you saw the bright light, that means that your soul essence was navigating beyond what your conscious mind was at, right? There's something happening within the higher dimensions that was occurring. And for you to have that guidance and it wasn't your own voice, that usually can represent your highest self or can be one of your guides. It can be a spirit guide. It can be an angel. It can be anything of that nature that was guiding you from that point forward. But that's powerful. And I was far more into my meditation then than I am now. And I mean, I was meditating literally sometimes two, maybe three times per day at that time. (laughs) Yeah. And the more open that you become, even like if you don't like actually have like that impact of experience that, you know, that triggers that if you can stay in a place of an open up, like open by opening up your crown and your third eye, as you know, through the meditative process, you can start getting more guidance coming in because I'm really curious now to wonder if that was one of your spirit guides that was trying to give you that guidance because obviously they're looking to connect, to share information with you, right? So if you're going in your meditative processes and you're not getting that communication piece happening. Yeah. Yeah. You should probably get back to that because that's going to not, you should, you, you definitely should <laughs> um, get back to that because what is that also is going to do is that it's also going to be able to help facilitate your growth and what you're trying to develop within yourself and your creation within yourself, what you're trying to flourish so that mm-hmm. you can expand in, in everything that you're passionate about. Right. So even though that experience happened, there's so much more that needs to be said and to be translated that you should really look back at connecting with that again this is such a confirmation because my wife just said the same thing yesterday <laughs> she just it's true. Said the same thing yesterday it's like you really need to get back into your meditation and i'm like yes i do and i know <laughs> that i do i know i need to so now what i started doing is taking um the same advice that i would give to other people that were meditating and needed to get back into their meditation as well. Take five minutes, take three minutes, go into the meditation until I can actually get into a place where I have more time to actually get into it. So at least I stay connected. And then I also continue to keep myself grounded. Yeah. Like even if it's just like when you first wake up in the morning and you're just laying in bed and you're, you know, you're just grateful for the life that you have and thankful for everything that is around you, just going in and getting connected with your breath, going into a little bit of that breath work and just keeping you there for a minute, then expanding that the next morning for two minutes, you know, like into whatever meditation has to be, however it is intended for you to actually be able to step into it. You know what I mean? Like, so some people, if we said, go sit there and meditate for 10 minutes, they're like, yeah, I would never do that. Like, I I don't have time to do that. They would, they would negate on that. They just, they wouldn't be able to find the time to do that, but it has to be in a way that speaks resonance with you. You know, like if one minute is right before bed, you go into your breathing, which helps you sleep tremendously anyway, you know? And when you wake up in the morning, just allows you to kind of get that re-energize, that stabilization to really come into your day. Like that's super powerful. Even if you could just do it for two minutes every day, you know, So, or some people, the way that they can transmute their thoughts or their energy and that they're really just able to stay connected in the sense of like divine intelligence and, you know, in that infinite love, you know, connection is really even just like singing, dancing, like 
meditative states doesn't have to be the same for everyone. It just depends on what speaks to you and how you're able to actually release the energy because that's what it's all about, right? It's be able to release the worries, release the stress, release Mm -hmm. the energy that's tied to it. For me, it's like, I love dance. I love drumming. I love breath work. Like I love active things because my mind, as much as I love to stay still and journey, I still love to be connected all the time. And I'm always like, tell me more, tell me more, tell yes. me more, <laughs> yes, <indeed>. you know? <laughs> and, and it's like, the, <laughs> yeah. And like the meditative state is like, just to be able to be in our body, right. And to be grounded within our body, but knowing that we still have this incredible soul essence that is within us, that is always looking just to connect and to expand. So I think it's just different for everyone and how they can see that happening in their life. So you have to do what works for you. Yes. Yes. Indeed. So I'm curious what frequencies work best for you. <laughs> uh, high frequency. <laughs> um, I tend to really go more to um, the upper dimensions and densities. I tend to like to be in uh, very high frequencies. I like going into like the 15 Ds. I like to go a little bit above that. That's where the densities and frequencies that I like to be in. I like to be always hovering and like, we're not always going to be there because we're human beings and we have emotions and that can obviously affect our vibration and our frequency and what we emit. But I like to always sit like above chaos. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> my vibrational yes. frequency just wants to sit above the chaos right <laughs> and um above illness above anything of that nature so that in the work that I do also because I'm working with negative entities at time right like that misplaced energy that people have on them that their body is not you know in their optimal state of being is I always have to have my herende a little bit higher up than than the average person, unless you're working with energy, then you obviously have to make sure that too. But even in your everyday connections, yeah. Every day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And like, (laughs) even in your everyday connections, when you're around other people's energy and it's, it's affecting your energy, that means that your energy is not shielded. It's not protected in that moment. Right. And it's not elevated enough. And I hate speaking in like elevated, but that's what it is. Right. It's low frequency and high frequency. So when it's elevated, nothing is penetrating that, right. Mm. It's shielded, it's protected. But when you're in a state of low vibrational frequency and you're at the same level, well, like it's going to attract like, right. So you're going to attract the very thing that you're emanating. So, yeah. That's that's cool. It's funny because I um, was at 432 as far as the megahertz. That was the sound vibrations that I would actually listen to. And it definitely resonated well with me. But then I started to test the um, different frequencies for different levels. I literally got all the way up to 10,000. And I was totally surprised at how comfortable I am at such a high frequency. I was totally surprised at that. That, that just really shocked me. And... I continuously want to do it, just want to keep doing it over and over again. And now I'm going to see if I can elevate to even more higher frequencies. I'm, and I'm that, <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's the beautiful thing, right? Music is, this is why music is so powerful and so healing and music, AKA sound, right? So even if you hit a crystal ball a certain way and it's hitting a different gigahertz and, and a different frequency, it all affects a different part of our being, right? Our, you obviously we have like our, our chakra systems and we have little, like our little chakras within our being also. And our whole outside of us, our whole auric field is energy. So when we're listening to music and the frequency, it's not just what's happening in our actual physical body. It's everything that is emitting around us, mm-hmm. how music is calming and soothing. So if you can go that high in the frequency of like healing music or anything of that nature, it just goes to show that you've done the work to clear that for it to not become uncomfortable. Because a lot of times when it's high frequency like that, it's high, it's higher pitch, right? It's a little bit of a higher pitch or it's a very, it's a very dense, very dense, very, very low vibrational, but it hits at a high frequency. So. Yes. 
Wow. <laughs> I am truly loving this conversation. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. awesome. I kid you not, this is awesome. We, so one of the things that I was curious about is when I write, I actually transcend when I'm writing. And the majority of the time when I'm writing, I'm transcending into whatever I'm writing about. And then once I'm done writing, I come back to myself. And you're like, damn, I just wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. (laughs) That should be published tomorrow. (laughs) Because a lot of people ask me, what do you be thinking about when you're writing? And most of the time I just say, I really don't know exactly what I'm thinking when I'm writing, but I do put myself in the shoes of whatever I am trying to get people to understand about what I wrote. If that so makes you're sense. Cha- yeah, so you're channeling a lot from your hyperconscious and you're channeling from divine creation of intelligence. So when it seems a little bit more linear, that's a lot happening in your hyperconscious. And when it seems like you're like, whoa, like I'm like, I'm like, I'm like wowed by like what I've just written down. That's from divine intelligence. That's something that is being channeled through you. And we're never really cognizant when it happens. Like for me, I feel it now. Like I feel the tingling coming through and I'll just close my eyes and I just let it kind of sit. But mm-hmm. if you don't know what to expect and you don't sit with that long enough and some people, it just, it just comes, it just, they're like, Oh, I just thought of this. And like, Oh, all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, that was channeled. <laughs> yes. Like, and, and, and everyone has the capability, right? It's not special to me. It's not special to you. Like there, there is a source of divine and infinite intelligence of infinite love out there. It's like a matrix and mm-hmm. everybody can connect to it. Everybody can seek that intelligence. But what is going to speak to you is going to speak differently to me, right? The messages and the visions are going to be different because it's geared to you and it's geared to me because that is the output that I need to be. That's the avenue that I need to go in. And that's the output and the avenue that you need to go in, right? So it's being able to understand that and following that. So what gets you into that state? right? What gets you into that state of writing where you're just, is it because there's like soft music playing and you're just in like the Zen mode and you're just like in your creative senses, like what ignites that? Most of the time for me is um, ignited by like, say for example, I see two people standing at a bus stop and they're holding the conversation. For me, that turns into a poem. So when I get a chance, most of the time, that's why I keep a notepad in my car. (laughs) So for me, most of the time I'll stop. Sometimes I pull over and it's like almost immediately when I start writing, I transcend and there is music, but it's not playing on the radio. I don't have it playing on my phone. I don't have it playing anywhere at all, but it's (laughs) right there with me as I transcend this this music that just literally just starts the moment I transcend. And it it's an awesome feeling. Like did you not like it is super awesome to write and actually feel and see because I, I also see it actually play out as I'm actually writing. I actually see it playing out. And sometimes I can pretty much tell you what some of the responses are that I'm going to get once I publish that and put that out there to the, for the people to actually see it and read it. And what's preventing you from doing that? Nothing. I, I, this is what I do when I'm writing. I actually do this when I'm writing. So I, it's something that's never gone away. It's been with me since I was a little boy because I started doing poetry at around between seven and 10 years old. And it was crazy because my, teacher my eighth grade teacher had actually taken me and scared the heck out of me because that was the (laughs) first time I was ever forced to be on stage speaking in front of an audience and I didn't know what to expect what to think and my teacher was like just go ahead go do it go do it go go say that nice poem that you told me 
Don't say that to everybody else. Let everybody else hear it too. And I'm just like, there's too many people out there. I don't want to go say that. <laughs> you want me to what? Yeah. <laughs> Hold up. You go tell my home. <laughs> but inside that brain, I literally, at a little boy, as as a little boy, I'm looking at myself getting this standing ovation. And that was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. But even when I spoke to um, Les Brown, I asked him when, how do you overcome having butterflies? And he said, you never overcome having butterflies. What you do is you just go out there and continue doing what you do. And I was like, okay, I took that. And and it resonated with me. As soon as he said that, that resonated with me so well. And I continue to do it. Like No matter how many times I'm stepping on somebody's stage to speak to them, I just do it. <laughs> you have to remember, and you have to remember also that what you're sharing is an extension of you, right? Mm-hmm. So again, it comes back to that wounding of thinking that what, how other people are going to perceive and what their judgments are going to be when you actually say that. That's what any speaking engagement fear is really about, right? Is worrying about other people's perceptions, because if me and you were just to have this conversation, you would feel comfortable in doing so because you would know that there's no judgment being held here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when we're coming from that place of wounding, yeah, it's going to ignite those butterflies. And those butterflies are also a really good thing because it shows us how passionate about what we're doing is so beautiful and like how vulnerable it is. And that is a state of vulnerability, right? So that state of vulnerability is a very challenging thing to step into, not knowing what that outcome is going to be. That's true, because I feel like I'm opening myself up to people and to having people understand something about me that I would normally not share. That's what I feel like is happening. (laughs) Yeah. And what do you feel like, has anything prevented you from publishing your work? No, I actually have a book on the market right now. It's called Redeemed Love. And I actually have a picture of me and my wife on that, um, on the cover of the book. And it's crazy because I asked her, if it was okay to put her picture on there before I even did it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I got her confirmation first. And so many people have actually been reading the book and most of the people tell me they can't get past the first chapter. They say the messages that I have put into the book have actually been so deep for them that they have to take their time reading it. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. (laughs) And you have such a big heart, right? Like you have so much that you're, that you can share. And I know that there's so much more in there. So don't veer away from your path, no matter, you know, how tumultuous things get or like how challenging you may feel some things are getting in creating that harmony in your life. You have to be able to have that creative outlet. So make sure that you continue to do that because it's going to lead to beautiful things. As it already is. Thank you. This this beautiful lady in my life, um, she pretty much helps me to stay grounded because <laughs> it seems like everything that I have, I shoot that energy over to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, as a partner, we're going to feel that, right? So it's important <laughs> that, that you stay grounded. <laughs> <laughs> And, and be good in your energy also, like just emanating that beautiful and that healthy energy, knowing that we're human, we have emotions, we're going to go through all of our emotions, but then coming back to that place of that knowingness of that grounding, going back into our meditations, going back into our connection of where we're being guided. Definitely. So tell me, what do you think about soulmates? Because what I learned is that with soulmates, soulmates are literally together from one lifespan for a lifetime to another. So no matter how many times we transfer over from being who or whatever we are, we still end up meeting. Yeah. So I have a very different perspective on soulmate. It's a good perspective, but a different perspective on soulmate. So I think that there are countless people, countless souls throughout 
the world that are intended to be our soulmates. And I'm not, I don't mean intimate soulmates, but I mean that sometimes it's a soulmate that we find in a sisterhood that we find in a brotherhood or that we find in a business partnership, or we find in a work environment or could be our parents. So we have different soulmates where they're here and what their job is and what our job is, is to teach one another and to go through experiences together and to be able to be there as part of a soul tribe for the duration of this lifetime. That is the contract that we fulfilled and what we signed up for. And what I believe is that what happens with soulmates in love and that intimacy is that there's such a powerful element that we can have a few soulmates throughout our life in the sense of finding love, but there's only one true soulmate that we're here and designed to spend a lifetime with. So sometimes people will have soulmate connections, they'll have relationship connections and remembering that when we're in the soul essence, everything is perfect and everything is divine. When we come here to the physical experience, this is where the wounding, the trauma and things happen that shifts someone's outcome in their journey. So it doesn't mean that they're going to actually spend this lifetime with us, but they're here to teach us valuable lessons and experiences as a part of this, you know, life process through this transformational process. And then we, it's like, we have a couple little soulmates, like they're called like these mini soulmates that happen. And then we have the soulmate that comes in and that steps in. And this is usually like our lifetime partner that we almost, there's a remembrance that happens when we meet this person. It's like, they feel very familiar. They feel like it feels like home. You feel like it completely be yourself. It's like a full state of surrendering where you just have this full body knowingness, right? It's like when people say like, how did you know? Like, how did you know? Like she was the one or he was the one you're like, I just know. It's like, it doesn't, it's not because he could do this or she could do that for me. It's like this full body knowingness. I just know that they're meant to be my life partner. And then we have twin flame relationships, which is a little bit different. So soulmates, what we envision this, I'll just kind of break it down into more like a, a physical concept. So think about a soulmate and then you have little pieces of that soul that are connected, all like interconnected with like these over souls, I guess you could call them. Mm -hmm. So there's like connections happening, but what a twin flame relationship is and connection is, is it's one soul that when it, when it like, when it descends to earth, it gets separated into two. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that soul essence gets separated into two. One goes into one person, one goes into another person. This is what we call a twin flame relationship. So these relationships are like, they're very tumultuous, but they're very loving and they're very passionate but there's, there's only one, like that is like when they reconnect, it's like, they literally have the other part of them come into them. Like, it's like, it's like a fulfillment that happens. It's like this wholesome feeling that happens. So not everybody has a twin flame, not everybody's soul, you know, separated when it descended to earth, but sometimes people do. And it's like this magnetic love. It's like, you, no matter where you go, it's like a boomerang. Like the, like, it's just like, they're always going back and forth, like chasing, running, chasing, running. And then eventually they surrender together because <laughs> they, they like, that's all they can do is that they just continuously like feel connected to one another because they are part of one another. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the soulmate is more of like that. They weren't separated, but they had previous love in, a, in another lifetime. And sometimes when you do like past life regressions and you go into the Akashic records, you can see where the souls were, were combined together and where they were like, where they had those attachments. It's really beautiful to witness. Yes. Yes. Cause I felt like we felt like we knew one another before this lifetime. We do feel like that. And sometimes like you'll have visions of like what that previous lifetime is. And what I want to say to most listeners, we, a lot of times we just like, we discredit that or we discard that, but I'll tell you something that is the reality. That is an actual soul memory coming back. And it may not be an exact physical way that you envisioned it, but the feeling of what it was of the lifetime of the timeline is yeah. accurate, is accurate. <laughs> Because I listen, I literally, and we never talked about this part, but I literally envision currently three lifetimes before this that I've seen different things in 
in my life. <laughs> yeah. So and, <laughs> and it's, again, it's that knowingness, but it's the ego that wants to discredit it, right? Because it's trying to keep us safe. And it's like, oh, like, that's connection to the unseen world, right? It's imagination and being able to fully accept the visions that you're being given, the feelings that you're being gifted. There's a reason why it's coming to you. It's not, it's not out of coincidence or synchronicity. It's by design, right? There's a reason why you feel that familiarization. There's a reason why with the past partner that you, you may have loved them tremendously, but something didn't feel quite right. Something yeah. didn't feel like that person was for this lifetime. Like there was something that still, you didn't have that knowingness. It was almost like, okay, like this is a good situation. I'm going to enter in it. But then there was, there wasn't that full body knowingness happening. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Cause that is exactly what I was feeling. The only thing is I actually embrace it. I do not stray away from it. I do not feel like, um, that, Oh no, that's just a silly thought. No, I don't feel any of that. I actually embrace it because I do know better. I definitely know. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and that other relationship was also beautiful. And even though it may have been tumultuous in this lifetime, it was still beautiful because the experiences and the blessings and, you know, really the wisdom that it allows you to bring into the relationship that is designed to be for this lifetime is just super powerful. And I mean, everybody else's perspective is on this is a little bit different, but this is just my belief system and what I've seen in like in the constellations and the star lines and going and doing like past life regressions, memories, all those things. So, yeah. I am with this 100%, 100%, actually more than 100% because I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go to infinity <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely or even like um one of the um extraterrestrials stated he said um it's existence because everything that's in existence is infinite energy is infinite everything that we could possibly think of if it's in existence it's infinite <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And shamanism and shamanism, what we believe in. And again, shamanism is not religion. It's just about connection to our own spirit and everything in the quantum field, holographic field that surrounds us. And what we really believe in this concept is that everything has energy. Everything has soul essence. Even the structures that we live in have soul. They were created from mother earth. Everything that was created on this earthly plane came from mother earth or couldn't have been created. doesn't matter if it's happening in the 3d now and it's 3d printers. It still had to come from mother earth at some point, therefore carries soul essence, carries energy. So when we understand that the energy around us is everywhere, even in our phones, the soul essence that we put into our phones, what it was created by our telephones, our computers, our podcast mics, everything stemmed from the planetary system at one point or another. So when we understand that, that's just in the physical realm. Imagine the unseen realm. We don't see love. We don't see the radio frequencies that happen all around us, but we know that they're there. It's the same thing with the quantum energy grid. Everything is there. That is actually our reality. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was one of the things that we're actually um, learning more about is quantum, the quantum realm, the energies, everything that we could possibly get. We're actually learning more and more about definitely. Yeah. And it's like, it's like an infinite source of intelligence, right? Like yes. this is where like you, all these amazing inventors are inventing all these incredible things. Well, because they're tapped into something, they're getting channeled information for their next creations, just like we are in music or artistry or healing. We're all getting this information downloads. It's like, what are we doing with it? Are we actually allowing it to flow through? Are we allowing it to come in? Or are we just discrediting it and not even giving it, you know, two thoughts? It's not a good idea right there. Not that <laughs> it's a good idea to tap into it and allow it to flow freely because that's where your elevations are going to happen. That's where your new ideas are going to start to come from. But if you never tap into it, it'll never happen. 
And that's the thing with the universe is that it's here to guide us and to give us the tools for us to be successful in whatever that like, and whatever we wish or desire that to be. And I don't want to just speak about like the law of attraction or anything of that nature, but we're kind of talking about this in the way that we're like, we're manifesting things for our life and we're creating things for our life, but it's all about the law of vibration. That is one of the most standing laws and the laws of nature's of, you know, the guiding principles of like the laws of the universe. So when we understand that everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we feel is vibration frequency, and that we're emitting that out into the planetary system, it gives us a lot to think about because, you know, I want to be successful. I want to be a millionaire. I want to have healthy love. I want to, you know, pursue, you know, my passion and my dreams and my vision yet everything in my mindset, everything in my intellectual body, my emotional body is saying a hell no. That's never going to happen. I don't deserve that. There's no way I can do that. There's no way I can attain that, you know? So we have to be very conscious of like what we're actually emitting out. And it's not just the law of vibration, but there's like law of action, law of correspondence, all those uh, laws of the universe that help us and facilitate that growth and evolution. Oh my goodness. I think I can go on and on with you forever (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so tell me what is it what are some of the main points in this realm of life that you expect for people to get from you yeah so we're here to fulfill our sacred purpose we are here we signed up for a contract we signed up for an experience i guess i'll I'll say it in that way i'll frame it in that way we signed up for this beautiful experience we can't let the mundane things of life compact on us and deteriorate us and deter us from this beautiful journey and it's to understand there's, there's no such thing as good or bad in the quantum world it just is So every experience that you have that you label good or bad, every choice that you have that you label good or bad was there and intended by design to be there in order to shape you. So even as you go through the dark aspects of your journey, you have to go through the dark. The dark shapes the light. The light shapes the dark. You have to be able to go between both of these beautiful energies, go within your feminine, your masculine, your yin and your yang, your shadow, your light. You have to be able to flow between your energies and not like almost like avoid going into that state of avoidance where you don't actually want to heal the things that are preventing you from stepping forward and coming into this full embodiment. So what can you do that can serve humanity and serving humanity doesn't mean that you have to serve another human being, but maybe you're serving animals, maybe you're serving agriculture, maybe you're doing something that you feel that you're super passionate about and that you know is helping the world and helping the community because we're all in this together. We're all interconnected. We're all here to help one another grow and evolve and to just have this beautiful experience, understanding that there's always going to be that duality and that duality is a necessity as we go through life. We need to go through these trials and tribulations to learn and to choose what we don't want for our life and what we do want for our life right? That, that's the point of these experiences. And then until you learn that lesson, it's going to kind of continuously be a pattern and a cycling system that's going to happen until you have told divine creation that you have learned that lesson so that now you are ready to release that karmic contract. So what, uh, what um, motivations do you have for people don't have karmic debt (laughs) (laughs) everyone has karmic debt (laughs) (laughs) so if you live on this planetary system you have some type of karmic debt or you wouldn't be here you'd be an ascended master you'd be a spirit guide you would be coming back to the earth plane (laughs) so we're we're all here no one's perfect everyone's here to learn a lesson we've all make and i hate calling them mistakes because they're not mistakes they're mistakes right (laughs) We, we mistook them. We did something that we needed to learn from. It was a mistake. Okay. Try that again. Do something different. So for everyone that is here is about if we can't be honest with ourselves, if we can't dig a little bit deeper and get to that profoundness, then we're not being truthful to ourselves. We're not living our truth. We're living somebody else's truth. Definitely. 
Miss Roxanne Chauffeur. This has been an awesome experience. I greatly appreciate you for coming on to YTP Entertainment. Please tell the audience where they can reach out to you to learn more from you, to get the experience of getting a reading. What can we do? Yeah, absolutely. So anyone can connect with me through my website at Roxanne, R-O-X-A-N-N-E, C-H-A-P-U-T dot com. And social media handles are under that name as well. And then you can also find me under the IlluminationRetreat.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so, so much, Ms. Roxanne. This is awesome. Like I said, I can go on forever. <laughs> Aww, thank, thank you so much, Yellow, for having me. It truly has been such an honor. And you're such a beautiful soul. So thank you for taking the time today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And my reading for you <laughs> is to never stop doing what you're doing never stop giving those powerful messages and to please continue to channel because there are so much more things there for you so many more things for you to learn and you will definitely get there because you are a fighter and willingness and the openness to actually continue to grow is there for you and thank they you are it's beautiful no doubt <laughs> it's beautiful i know that i'm designed to be an architect in this new world so yes, i know I, I still have much work to do <laughs> much learnings and teachings and wisdom to learn <laughs> but i'm like give it to me all they're like you can't handle it i'm like give it to me <laughs> give it to me straight <laughs> exactly to me straight. that's the best way to have it <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much Ms. Roxanne you have been an awesome guest and you are definitely more than welcome to come back to YTP Entertainment this is a blessing thank you so so much I really hope that all of you all out here who watch this podcast please reach out to Ms. Roxanne and learn as much as you possibly can from her and through your research Thank you so much, Ms. Marksan. Peace and blessings to you. Ah, we are Big out watch. here. Big <laughs> watch. <laughs>